the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You know, ladies and gentlemen, the biggest problem we have, other than having pieces of paper just simply fall spontaneously in our offices, is to get proper connections with Skype. Now, you think, Skype? What's the problem with that? You just call up somebody and connect. Except we tried that for about 10 minutes and Chris would hear the telltale tones that somebody's trying to call him on Skype. He'd answer and there'd be nobody there. Almost like some kind of psychic phenomenon or in this case, maybe a psychotic phenomenon. Yeah, Uh, it's definitely a paranormal experience here. Good old marveling at the marvels of modern technology. Now, now I want to give you something about modern technology here. Now, in our other radio show, The Tech Night Out Live, we very frequently talk about audio, getting the best sound from something. And I have a little background in that because I used to do some work for a guy named Bob Carver, who is very famous in the audio industry. So anyway, my guest on this particular session was talking about an article he read in a British audio publication where they were talking about the sonic differences in the audio coming from a regular hard drive, a network drive, and a solid-state drive, and insisted that the audio character of the digital audio from each of those drives was different. I'm waiting for you to digest this. This has to be a psychic phenomenon or the height of illusion. I hear the sound of silence. Yeah, it's the sound of one one hand slapping. <laughs> Jeez. I have no idea. One hard drive to another, it's it's the it's the audio card and uh, the sound card and the quality of the microphone of the speakers, uh, I would think, right? It's playback. We're talking about the same audio production, the same computer with different hard drives. I have no idea. You're you're the tech night owl. I'm I'm just a functioning computer illiterate. Um, I always thought that the quality of sound has to do with the quality of the actual recording, the encoding process, and then the decoding process, the quality of your speakers. Uh, if it's anything different than that, I, it's that's in your your realm. This has to be the psychic realm because there is no realm where this could possibly exist. Uh, you know, you got me. I'm I'm an analog man, like the uh, Joe Walsh song. You know, I read all my emails and delete all my spam. I'm an analog man. All right, let's talk about last week's episode of After the Paracast, which was partly responsive to the episode in which we talked about Heaven's Gate with Doctor Benjamin Zeller. Now, this was fascinating here because there's an ongoing discussion in our forums arguing over whether Heaven's Gate, the people involved in that movement, were really a UFO cult. It's just that, one right? person having, having taken exception to it. Everybody else says, well, they talked about UFOs all the time. But did they actually talk about it when they first began 40 years ago? Who cares? They, they were wing nuts. They're, they're what make this field toxic to uh, academia and to uh, most of the world. It's people like that that give this field a bad name, and I don't care if if it wasn't part of their original manifesto. It sure became part of it real quick. So who cares? They were wingnuts. 
They killed themselves because a comet happened to fly by and they believed some BS about some sort of a companionship to the comet. I mean, they were all walking Darwin Award winners. I mean, they they factored themselves out of the gene pool. Uh, retroactive birth control, you know, and, and, and gave uh, the field of ufology yet another smack in the backside and, and you know, another black eye. Um, move on. <laughs> end of end of uh, rant. <laughs> we could also do a whole show just about forums and how they take on different attitudes and how people just will take the most simple argument or turn a phrase and make it into an endless commentary that goes on for 150 messages. Yeah. And, you know, I think people need to uh, ratchet back all the intellectualism and being in their heads and and try to be eloquent with as few words as possible. Those are the types of forum posts I like, the ones that really make you think in about two sentences. Instead of this paragraph after paragraph after paragraph of legal briefs and uh, semantics and, you know, going in, well, you have to define this before you can even address that. Who cares? How do you really feel about this stuff? You know, what? what's your gut sort of Zen cone that's going to uh, move mountains and uh, influence, uh, you know, entire nation states of people? Let's, let's, you know, cut it down, cut the verbiage, get to the point. Don't dog everybody because they have views that are different from yours. That's a problem with, with forums. People are always trying to convince other people that they're wrong and that they're right. And, uh, you know, if it just gets old after a while, my eyes glaze over, I start to develop rashes, <laughs> you know. What kind of rashes? We should talk about this, but don't say anything rash. <laughs> it's a rash in, a, you know, my hypothalamus or my pineal gland or something. I, I get pineal gland rot. <laughs> well, you know, one of my friends back in the old days of radio... His name was R.J. Kite, or Robert Kite. In fact, he does some of the voiceovers for our other radio show, The Tech Night Out Live. And R.J. used to talk about how it impacted his griznoid. His griznoid? You see, you don't have to ask that question. You know, people would listen to this and realize it's nonsense. They wouldn't ask what a griznoid is. Uh, okay, um, I'll bite. What's a griznoid, Gene? You're not supposed to ask. Oh, I just said I'd bite, so I did ask. So tell me, what is a griznoid? Well, it you sounds know, like it sounds like something that doesn't normally see the uh, light of day. I think that's a fair way to put it. Hey, you know what does see the light of day is the fact that we do have that other radio show called After the Powercast, and you can hear the kind of things that we bring up on that show. And it's sometimes off the wall, sometimes really apt. My comments are off the wall. And Chris says things that are very appropriate. You can get a copy of it if you join the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.thepowercast.com, P-L-U-S.thepowercast.com. And you sign up, five bucks a month, 50 bucks a year. It's about the price of a small Frappuccino from Starbucks or a Big Mac. I guess that's what Big Macs go for nowadays. It might even be higher. In any case... You get an ad-free version, higher-resolution version of the show, so all those extra ads are stripped out. You get After the Paracast, which is an exclusive feature. You get a chat room, and we've got other stuff on the horizon, the Paracast Plus, plus.thepowercast.com. Now, today, 
we don't visit the fantasy of UFOs in a religious movement. We look at the real UFOs and we try to figure out what's going on. Tell us, Chris, about our guest. Well, Gene, recently here this past fall, November, I traveled, I winged my way east to New Jersey for my very first East Coast presentation. And I spoke at the great New Jersey uh, UFO Paranormal Conference uh, that's been held for many, many years by Pat Marcatilio. And uh, Dave Stinnett has taken it over, and David is our guest today. He's a, a really great guy. I, I had a, a wonderful time with him. We've struck up a friendship now, and uh, I mentioned, hey, you know, some of the cases that you've investigated, some of your your uh, research work uh, would be really, I think, fun to share with our, our listeners here at the Paracast. So we have David Stinnett, who's now the, the director of the uh, twice-annual New Jersey UFO Conference uh, down in the southern part of the state in Morgantown. This is going to be a fascinating show, fascinating episode. And although I live in that area, I never met David. I'm a hermit, so I don't really meet anybody, I guess that's the problem. But I never met him before. But this is going to be a really fascinating, straight-ahead, brick-and-mortar kind of episode. You know, I'm going to get to solid facts, solid scientific research, that sort of thing. Coming up next with Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TechNightOwl for a special discount. Quantitative easing, unemployment at depression levels, Europe financial system falling apart, China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at 11 trillion gold, trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded 16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The 20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a printing press to finance. A hundred years ago, we had a gold standard to limit this madness, but now you have to adopt your own gold standard. Don't be fooled with paper promises. Get Midas Resources 10 Reasons to Buy Gold free by calling 800-686-2237. Understanding the gold and silver market may be the only insurance you could have to avoiding the next economic crisis. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order your free copy. Again, that's 800-686-2237. Are you always five minutes late? Maybe you're only late when you don't want to be somewhere. Then you realize you're always five minutes late. For work, 
You set three alarms, drag your feet in the shower, drink your coffee slowly until you're rushing out the door. Five minutes late. It's not that you hate your job. Hate is such a strong word. You're just not that excited about it. But most people don't love what they do, right? Listen, if you're local to the Twin Cities, are hardworking, self-driven with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable, and a whiz on the phone, you might want to join one of the largest independent talk radio networks in the world, GCN. Because right now, we are hiring, and we offer benefits. Experience preferred, but we'll train the right person. Is that you? Submit your resume today to advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. Come work with the Genesis Communications Network, where you'll want to be five minutes early every day. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We're back on the Paracast. Don't forget plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S.theparacast.com. For Paracast Plus, our premium subscription package where you get the after the Paracast radio show, the ad-free version of the Paracast, and more stuff. We welcome David Stinnett, who is involved with an organization called the New Jersey UFO Conference. And they, of course, hold UFO conferences in southern New Jersey. And I used to live in that vicinity until about 22 years ago. He's got a wide range of experience in UFO field work. We want to know more. David, welcome to the Paracast. Thank you, Gene. So let us start as young as possible. How did you get involved in studying UFOs? I think I usually say that like our generation or my generation grew up with you know UFOs, Bigfoot, and ghosts. So um, you know, you're watching the old In Search Ofs and stuff like that. So I'd probably say you know 11 or 12, I started really getting interested in this type of stuff. But uh, I think I ran across the Ted Phillips, one of the Ted Phillips old films on TV back then, and and I just thought he had the coolest job, and and I just wanted to you know, I wanted to check this out. So basically, I just started. I think one of my first books was Paris Flamand's UFO Exist, and Paris is a great researcher in his own right, but uh, that like really kind of started feeding me on you know studying UFOs. Yeah, and so. Uh, that kind of like really started stoking me into uh, 
learning more about UFOs. So I started reading everything that there was and and uh, trying to get to conferences. But I was a kid, and and even that stuff is is what back then was tin, more tinfoil hatty than it was to, it is today. But uh, now Paris Flamand, let's remind listeners who he is. I think he's still around. I haven't. But he, friend on my Facebook, so yeah, I mean, him and I, you know, talk from time to time. Now, Paris was once the producer of the Long John Neville radio show back in the fifties and sixties, so he's been around for a long time. And of course, Long John Neville was the pioneer paranormal talk show host. Before there was an Art Bell, there was a Long John, and that's where I knew Paris Flamand slightly. But he was heavily and deeply involved in UFO research and wrote extensively on the subject, right? Yeah. And it was good. It was, you know, good research. So you weren't, you know, it, it, well, for that time, what they had to, what they had to, to, you know, to deal with as far as information. But in the same, uh, same sense, the information was a little less filtered back then than it is now. So, you know, they were kind of letting it all hang out. And you're, you're, I think a lot of the good information is probably from like early Kehoe and stuff like that because it's just breaking. Uh, these guys were in on it and guys like Flamand and, you know, uh, the writers of that time who were serious about it were, you know, were putting up some pretty interesting stuff. I should point out that one of the books that Paris Flamand wrote was one called The Kennedy Conspiracy. So he was very much involved also in the murder of John Kennedy. Oh, yeah. So it's rather I know that. Is that true? Yes, I'm looking at it right now. I well, I did not know that. He kind of seems to have made his bones in the John F. Kennedy stuff, per se, because he did, you know, excellent work in it. So it's interesting how people get involved in such a wide range of subjects. Uh, made his bones, David, that's a real New Jersey uh, expression, yeah. right? <laughs> it's true. And this book was early. It was written in 1969. I don't even know if you even get a copy anymore. But so he's been involved in a lot of these things for a long time. Let's talk about your involvement. Now, obviously, you read important, interesting books, but did you ever actually see anything strange? Oh yeah, tons of it. But see, once I turned, you know, eighteen. Once I turned twenty, say like nineteen eighty-five, that's when I actually started going out and going to hot spots, areas that were act that were supposedly active. So, you know, I've got stuff from down in Gulf Breeze, down in the, the Gulf when that was hot. I've I've got footage all over, but um, since I'm here in the, you know, it, let's put it this way. I have a four-year-old car that has 160,000 miles on it. It's, I, I do so much running that I've kind of just based myself out of where I'm at here in Jersey and just kind of hitting the, the western Pennsylvania, the Jersey shores. You know, South Jersey has some activity. New York has has some uh, activity from time to time. So it's uh, it's not a, not the, not the, it's a busy area for air traffic, so you you really have to have light, you know, uh, live uh, flight aware on, so you know what's coming in and out of your area, and you, you know. But it's uh, it's tough in here as opposed to maybe going out west, where you don't have you have better skies and clearer skies. You don't have all the the uh, the lighting all over the place, blasting everything out. Let me just mention, I did discover this. Paris Flamand died at the age of eighty six on November tenth, two thousand thirteen. No, Paris was was uh, talking to me because I was telling him I was going out and uh, going out and interviewing Travis Walton and his crew out in Snowflake, and uh, he was he said to me he goes I didn't think any reputable UFO researcher was still looking into that case and I go yeah it's still active you know it's still got stuff to be wrung out 
But uh, it was kind of funny he made that statement because evidently he had dismissed the Walton case. Well, that's interesting. Maybe we should look at that. I want to get back to the question about what you've seen because you obviously you've covered a lot of things in the UFO field. So why did Paris Flamand not believe in the Travis Walton case? I have no idea. I guess he thought there were too many hangups within the case, so he wasn't buying it. What about your opinion? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, something happened. I mean, there's no no doubt in my mind that something happened. This is exactly what happened. You know, it's uh, it's funny because they roll up on this thing and it's and they think that the the forest is on fire, so it's red. So I'm wondering, was it one of these great big red orbs that we see all the time? You know, floating around. Or, you know, uh, there was a, seems to be some sort of, you know, psychical thing where Travis didn't leap out of the truck. You know, they thought that maybe he was mind controlled and was heading towards the thing under mind control. But uh, if you talk to Kenny Peterson these days, I mean, they even had it on like Alien Eyewitness or one of those television shows nowadays. But, uh, I mean, Kenny starts breaking down and crying. And he's just like, imagine being you know, 18 years old, and you're scared to go outside or scared to look out your window because you're going to see one of these things. And, and he's breaking down, and it still affects him to this day. So, you know, the, they experienced something. I, you know, I'm, I'm actually credited with getting Steve Pierce, uh, who was part of the, the crew, uh, to speak at my conference and speak in public for the first time. So I've gotten to be, you know, good friends with Steve, but, you know, these guys, they saw something, something happened. So, and it affected all of them. And, I think the more familiar you are with the case and the dynamics of the crew and Travis and everything, you know, there, you know, it's there's 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 something there. That's one of the it's probably one of the better cases that we have to deal with. Let's put it that way. We spent a pleasant couple of hours with Travis on a recent episode of the Powercast. We got a lot of interesting responses and typically pro and con. Of course, they talk about the lie detector test and some questions about some of them. So yes. We certainly remain interested, and we hope we'll have him back on again. We're talking this week, though, with David Stinnett. He is the head of the New Jersey UFO Conference, and we've got a lot more to cover. But first, let me give something away. We can give you a free copy of the ebook version of Secrets of the Mysterious Valley from Chris O'Brien. Just sign up for our weekly newsletter at theparacast.com, theparacast.com, with Gene and with Chris. You're in the Paracast. We are America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel? Are devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to Mr. UFO at WebTV.net. That's Mr. UFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know.
Did you know by age 50, half of all men have an enlarged prostate? This means more urges to urinate, longer bathroom trips, waking at night to urinate, or issues with sex. If this sounds familiar, call us now, because we're shipping free bottles of Super Beta Prostate to listeners of this station. Super Beta Prostate is a non-prescription formula guaranteed to reduce the symptoms of your enlarged prostate. It's yours free. Pay only shipping and handling. Just call 1-800-875-6415. In clinical trials, the ingredient in Super Beta Prostate was shown to reduce urges to urinate, improve bladder emptying, reduce waking at night to urinate, and improve quality of life. This Super Beta Prostate free offer is for listeners of this station, but it won't last. Don't wait. Just call 1-800-875-6415. That's 1-800-875-6415. Call 1-800-875-6415. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV this is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Return with David Stinnett. He's, of course, associated with the New Jersey UFO Conference. As opposed to an event that I was once connected to called the National UFO Conference. Ever hear of that, David? Oh, yeah. It's the one, of course, that Alan Greenfield and Rick Hilbert and even the one and only Jim Mosley <laughs> was connected with. Yep. And we all love Jim. Oh, Jim was definitely a character. Okay, Travis Walton, you feel something strange happened to him, and certainly the members of his crew seem to go along with that. But the question I would have here is, 
Do you think he actually had a UFO-related encounter, or was it something totally different? Or was it mind control of some sort? Maybe a military experiment, some might say. Well, I hate to speculate on stuff I, I'm, I am not sure of myself, and I'm not even sure if they're, they're sure of themselves as far as exactly you know what the situation was. But as far as I'm personally concerned, as far as their body languages and how, they, you know, how they've dealt with me, uh, something happened. I, I'm, again, this, whatever this stuff is, it manifests in so many different ways that um, it can be terp- interpreted in so many different ways. It, it's tough to speculate on what, you know, what it meant or what it was, but something happened as far as I'm concerned. What it is is you know, high strangeness you know, to the max. So. Okay, so the big question, David, then is, would you think there is any possibility of some kind of external involvement in Travis Walton that has nothing to do with UFOs or aliens or strange creatures. Well, well, Chris and I were discussing this type of stuff, actually, and we always talk about, like, monkey wrench cases. I mean, and all the good ones seem to have them. There's Most of it tracks pretty good, but there's little spots in it that, you know, pop up little red flags. So, say with Travis's case, you have, when after he gets done playing around inside on the chair there in the viewing room, a bubble-suited guy comes out and leads him out to these other people. Now, the guy's suit is, you know, basically a 1969, you know, Apollo astronaut costume for all intent and purposes. So you're wondering if these people, are so, if these beings are so advanced, what are they wearing bubble suits for? And then the kicker is he hands them off to three other people that look like the guy in the suit, but none of them have, have suits on. So then you get people saying, well, maybe they can't get microbial stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, well, why is this guy wearing a spacesuit around inside of a spaceship and why is he handing it off to people who don't seem to need one and then they put basically a period piece anesthesia mask over top of his face and again it's a period piece you'd figure these beings are so advanced that they would have you know something that would knock us out that wasn't that so there's always like little things that kind of prick you in cases and and for me you know that's one of those things in that case chris since you're brought into this discussion what's your take on that well, you know, I think it's a good point that Dave makes. Uh, you know, we always have in almost every case, there's there's some small detail, maybe large glaring details that don't add up and that have this kind of, well, you, you know, use the term monkey wrench or tricksterish element uh, exactly. would be another way of putting it. And it's almost as if the details of a particular case are supplied to somehow negate the acceptability of the case to to others who then later on become aware of it and especially aware of the details so there's always this fudge factor this uh this weird kind of disconnect that that comes out in the details and that that would be a classic example of one why would one of these beings have a suit on and then the others not maybe the guy was coming in from doing uh, maintenance work uh, <laughs> or something on the outside who knows but again, another thing that should be pointed out is, as you mentioned, uh, David, these details tend to conform to the expectations of the witness and are often couched in the level of technology of the time. Um, I think as we've been progressing through through this, uh, through all these uh, case histories and, and starting possibly back in, in biblical times, uh, moving forward uh, through time, that we see a mirroring of the technological progress and oftentimes these details are, are couched in technology that may be just slightly ahead of the 
current technology of the time. So this would be a, a real classic example of that. And again, uh, whether that nullifies the case or whether it supports the case, uh, it's all in the eye of the beholder. Um, you can use it in to argue <laughs> either way. I, I used to use a bit, Chris, and it was like, uh, you know, in the 1300s, it was the, the hidden commonwealth. And you had these, you know, these little beings that come and snatch you from your place and don't eat the buckwheat pancakes that they, they offered you. And if you're able to escape, you get back to your village and it was, you know, there was a time differential there. And then 1600s, you have all the fairies and gnomes and they, they basically do the same thing. And the buckwheat pancake seems to survive as well. And then you get into the 60s and you get these spaceship guys and evidently they have buckwheat pancakes too, in, in at least one case. <laughs> but Joe uh, Simonton yeah. of Wisconsin. Yeah, and met it's the, the aliens, and he saw them cooking this thing, and he said, "What's that?" Or he pointed to it, and they gave him this rather inedible buckwheat pancake. They, yeah, they had it analyzed as last I remember. I mean, other than the common thread being buckwheat pancakes, it, whatever it is is kind of presenting itself to that generation in a vernacular that that generation can deal with. And maybe I should move the 1600s up actually up to the you know, 17, 1800s, but still uh, it's presenting itself to each generation. I guess maybe ours was like the space generation and boom. The only thing that kind of throws a, a, a monkey wrench into that is that we do see through, you know, history and, and rock art and stuff like that, you know, these things that do look like flying saucers. So, But we are interpreting whatever it is in accordance with our culture. Yeah, I mean, there's some of us is waiting to see what the next ma ma manifestation of it's going to be. Yeah? Well, I mean, it has modified. I mean, what we see there is a f slightly advanced alien technology as our own technological achievements become greater. So I guess they're not showing star maps anymore, E.T. No, I, no. as a matter of fact, I, mean, I was talking to Ted Phillips. I was having lunch with him one day, and... I was saying, Ted, you know, I, I haven't used any of like, the, the trace evidence stuff in my case for a long time. I was looking at my vials and rubber gloves the other night, and he goes, you're one of the few people who would know this. He goes, when did it stop? I said, about 2000. He goes, exactly. He goes, we, we stopped getting flying saucers and you know those type of things, per se, and we get these orbs. And Ted has a you know a, an active area over in Missouri where he's at, and, and he's filming the same stuff we're filming, and everybody else has been filming. And, uh, and I was talking to Chris prior to prior to this, and I was saying that my whole switch, I went into kind of ancient biblical documents because somewhere around like 1996, everybody I knew, nobody I knew had taken a picture or had video of flying saucers. We had orbs. We had all these balls flying around all over the place in various sizes and brightnesses and colors, but nobody had flying saucers. So I'm just like something, you know, the, the national conventions were basically talking flying saucers, but nobody's seen any of this stuff. So I started going in a different directions and, you know, you, I, I was, I was telling Chris that there's a guy named Chuck Missler and I was always kind of a prophecy buff, but he does this lecture. It's a two hour lecture, but it's called return of the Nephilim. And the first hour is UFO history. And Chuck has like a, killer background. He was in the defense industry for 40 years, designed most of our, you know, ballistic systems and missile systems. And his company built the electronics for B-2 stealth bomber. But uh, he gives, you know, the UFO history as we know it pretty much and does, does a decent job. And then the second half of it's kind of like the biblical narrative, you know, from and mostly from a scientific point of view. But uh, after I got done seeing that, I'm just like, 
he's got it. You know, it was just it, the, the bell rang. So I'm just like, I'm going in the wrong direction here. Then you start reading, you know, Valet and Keel and Heineck. And those guys are basically all saying the same thing that this guy is saying. You know, they're academics, so they can't like really, you know, full throttle it. But even those guys were saying it's demonic. And you got and. You can see within the field now, you're, there's a shift out of the alien stuff to the more spiritually type stuff. So it's kind of an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting move. But uh, so that's kind of how I come at it now. I come at it from a, uh, from a different worldview to say. David Stennett is with us on this week's episode. A lot more to come with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. If the IRS has garnished your paycheck or seized money from your bank account, you need to get professional tax help now. Fast action is required to put a halt to these aggressive IRS collection tactics. You can count on the knowledgeable team of tax professionals at Wall & Associates. With over 30 years of experience, Wall & Associates has settled the tax problems of thousands of taxpayers for a small fraction of what they owed. For a free face-to-face consultation, call 1-800-425-4610 to put a wall between you and the IRS. 1-800-425-4610 or look for us on the web at wallandassociates.net. We solve tax problems. If you hire Walland Associates today, you'll never have to talk to the IRS again. To stop the levies and seizures today, take action now. Call Walland Associates at 1-800-425-4610. Wall and Associates. 1-800-425-4610. Based on actual cases, results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. Yeah? Did you want to see me, sir? Well, I did, but now that I do, I'm not so sure. Sir? Johnson, I got a mission for you that could change your life. Oh, good, sir. It involves traveling halfway around the world without so much as half a clue of where you're going or what you're going to do when you get there. Situation normal, sir? Uh-huh. Well, I'll be leading this mission, Johnson, so I'll be telling you what to do. You, sir? That's right, Johnson, and I say first things first. Oh, good plan, sir. And what I say is first is food. Always remember that, Johnson. Food is a big deal. Sir, my brother-in-law can guess a really good deal on some surplus MREs. Johnson, if you've got half a brain and that empty head of yours, you'll call the freeze-dry guy like I did. That food is better for you, it rehydrates faster, and it's good, Johnson. And it keeps for up to 30 years. Will we be gone that long, sir? I hope not. Now get your supplies organized and meet me down to the pier at dawn on Sunday. We sail at sunrise. Yes, sir. This adventure is brought to you by the freeze-dry guy. Call 866-404-3663. 
or visit freezedryguy.com. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Hello, this is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We're exploring here cutting-edge commentary about UFOs. That's not just E.T. coming here, helping us rather than harming us or, you know, doing hybrid races and such. David Stinnett is with us. He is a veteran UFO researcher, and he's currently running the New Jersey UFO Conference. Now, can you tell us a little bit more about the conference and how it has changed, if it has changed since you took over the management of it? I basically overhauled the the, the conference. I, I came into the... New Jersey Congress, I guess, in about 2008, and I was just kind of hanging around on the fringes, kind of eyeballing stuff, which is kind of what I do. But uh, I started going to their monthly meetings because uh, there's some, you know, there's some, you know, critical thinkers there, and one of them is a friend of mine, and Chris knows him. It's George Hansen, and George has been, you know, crazy helpful and and getting you through some of this, the sticker bushes that you end up going when you go this route and uh, start looking at it from a different angle. But uh, I started going to the monthly meetings and started doing presentations, and I guess everybody was like, hey, this guy actually does the work and knows what he's talking about. And they wanted to start a whole new conference, uh, but Pat Marcatillo, Dr. UFO, it, it, uh, has been running the conference here, and he's brought a lot of people together, and pretty much everybody in the field has you know, gone through his doors in one way or another. So basically... Um, I decided to revamp the conference so it's more focused on boots on the ground researchers. Guys are actually out there doing doing the work and you know not writing fluff pieces by and large. So uh, uh, that's what I, that's what I've been doing pretty much. And uh, uh, and I have Doctor UFO you know, you know intro everybody pretty much. But uh, uh, the conference has been very successful and self sustaining and. Uh, I've been enjoying it because I get to talk to all my favorites. So, you know, you actually could sit down and talk to people. And, and uh, uh, we had Chris for the last conference, so we didn't get as much talking as we want to, but we, we knew where everybody stood by the time it was done. Let's put it that way. Now, in all this, the people who have believed that UFOs are reflective of ET, how do they react to your point of view? It's been, it's been kind of odd, actually. And it's funny because it's one thing to be a... Uh, 
you know, old school science-based UFO guy, you get, you still get tinfoil hatted, but if you, if you come at it from a biblical perspective, then you get, you get waffled quite a bit. The only good part about it is I've done the, the work and, and I was talking to somebody that we, we all know. And, and I was just like, you know, after doing, all, you know, digging into this as much as I have, I'm just like, I'm not sure if I can get away with not believing what it's saying. I understand, I understand it now. And they kind of just smirked and, and I'm like, what? And they're like, it's cause you did the work, you know? And that's what it all comes down to. You can, you can either do the work or, or not. I mean, you got, you have a lot of people out there clacking away at the computer, but you know, UFO work, any kind of research work, Chris knows this probably better than everybody here. It's long and it's arduous and it's tedious and it chews up a lot of your time and your relationships. I mean, there's a, you know, and you have to start, you have to find your balance because th these type of fields will, you know, chew up your life pretty good if you don't. Dang, is that an understatement? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's true. It, 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 you know, a lot of this stuff really comes down to looking people in the eye, taking copious notes, um, doing follow-up work uh, in, a, in a region where um, a sighting event has occurred or a wave of events has occurred and, and beating the bushes and, and kind of creating your own leads, basically. And uh, this stuff normally doesn't come to you unless you're, you're you know, standard car-carrying uh, MUFON member. <laughs> Obviously, those folks, uh, those field investigators will have a certain amount of cases come their way. But I think that particular model has its limitations. And you really need to be creative in your thinking and in your 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 protocols, how you go about investigating cases, how you get supplemental uh, and corroborating witnesses, for instance, I think is very important. Not enough uh, work, I, I think, has, is being done by people uh, trying to obtain uh, corroboration of, of sighting events, for instance. Uh, and there's no substitute, uh, as David said, of actually getting out there and, and doing the work. Uh, that's really important. And, and also creating networks in areas that seem to have a preponderance of, of events. Uh, having people, you know, actively outside looking, uh, have people asking uh, around family members, uh, you know, let's say uh, fellow workers or people in their community, you know, keeping your pulse, the finger on the pulse of a particular region. And that's one good thing about where you are, Dave, you're, you're, you're sitting right in a perfect spot. That's where three kind of regions come together, including that really important region of Western Pennsylvania, which I think is the hottest spot pretty much on the East coast. And uh, where have you found your best cases uh, emerging from? Uh, is it Pennsylvania or is it there in, in Southern Jersey or now nah, the hottest spot's been out in out in western Pennsylvania, out in Murraysville, near where uh, and there's a girl out there named Allison Cruz, and and uh, she has a Seeing UFOs PA on YouTube. But I mean, anybody who's in the UFO, you know, in, into the videos, they've seen Alice's stuff. She's got a ton of it out there. But I think it was like 2008. I'm I'm in Washington Crossings, and I'm ready to head up to my house, and I have a house just right outside State College, and it's a three hour run. But it was seven o'clock in the morning. And it was the new veterans uh, cemetery in Washington Crossings. They just put it in. I was standing outside at seven o'clock, bluebird morning, and two huge orange craft, you know, daylight. And it was bizarre, is what it was, because I've ne I've seen daylight stuff, but I've never seen daylight stuff like that before. And I was just like, holy mackerel! Like I don't have my camera. So I tell my buddy who's coming out the door, and he goes, "Yeah, I forgot to tell you, there's just been these three balls hanging over I-95." My boss even mentioned it to me. I said, "Why didn't you tell me?" Because, but. Uh, so I started tracking these, 
you know, across Pennsylvania and came across what seemed to be them and uh, bumped into Allison Cruz. And by that point in the game, um, the national, you know, UFO groups were just beating their brains out, but nobody was going there to see if it was true. So uh, from Allison's, my place in, in outside State College, Allison's place is like two hours. So it's a five hour run for me to go out there. So I started going out there and she had all kinds of crazy action and she had cops backing it up and cops in her film. And she was getting, you know, radar reports from the local radars for those time of days and running live flight aware. I mean, she was doing all her due diligence and, and I had to go out there and basically, you know, scatter how, you know, clean house a bit saying, Hey, this is for real. You know, I've got a problem with what you're saying. I got a problem with what you're saying. I got a problem with what you're saying and kind of going after people because nobody has been up there and done an investigation. The one person that did never showed up when he was supposed to with any equipment or anything like that. And it was just, it was crazy. So it actually took me a little while to, to have Allison recognize who I was and, you know, earn her trust. But once, you know, I've been up there, you know, a few times with all different kinds of, you know, new UFO field, you know, filmers. And so we're all out there. So we're, you know, we're triangulating. We've got the, we've got good, you know, night vision, black and green. And, uh, and we're all catching the same stuff at the same time. I mean, and the thing is, is that the cool thing is, is Allison has arranged it pretty much with everybody through the valley. And when it starts popping, you know, the Daisy Jane kicks in and they'll start calling people and people go out and, and get out there with their cameras. So there's actually a, a few people out in that area who film, you know, still pretty readily. But as things go, they seem to be cyclic. You know, you, they get like crazy hot and then it'll kind of cool off for a little bit. And you know, a couple of years later, it'll ramp back up. So we're kind of hitting a little bit of a quiet phase. But uh, um, one of the one person up there yesterday got uh, decent daytime one you know or dusk it was still light out but it was still wobbling across the sky and it was, you know, it was good footage the point being here is that whatever you think is causing ufos events is still occurring in different parts of the country i think one thing regular listeners will realize is that there was a wave of ufo sightings ufo flap in the past year or two in canada as recorded by chris Witkowski. In addition, if you're a member of the Mutual UFO Network or MUFON, you'd find out that there were quite a number of UFO cases in the United States, particularly in 2013, and also in large part in 2014. So the UFOs have clearly not gone away, although as you'll notice in this episode and other discussions we've had on the Powercast, they tend to be taking a somewhat different posture than they did before. UFOs are modifying themselves, or we're modifying our perceptions of them. But these sightings seem to take on different aspects than the sightings of years ago. As you mentioned, this trace evidence, cases where trace evidence is left, well, they seem to have left for the last 10 or 14 years. So we can continue to discuss the changes in the UFO phenomenon and what the impact might mean with David Stennett. You have Gene and you have Chris, because you're in the Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Mom! 
Mom, I can't do my math homework. I just don't get it. I hate math. <sighs> I've always tried to be a good mother, but when it came to Jamie's math, I was at a loss. Then a friend told me about Math Made Easy DVDs. Concepts are simplified in an easy way to follow and review, and students can learn at their own pace in the convenience of home. Listen, in the frustration, call Math Made Easy. Call now, 1-800-USA-MATH. That's 1-800-872-6284. Or visit us at mathmadeeasy.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. David Stennett is joining us on the Paracast this week. So, we were focusing on this before as our society changes, the UFOs change with it. Are the UFOs perhaps taking us in new directions that we're not really quite aware of yet? I can uh, probably uh, figure out why they're not landing. I think they've landed enough times and collected enough rocks and flower samples uh, to satisfy their curiosity, and uh, they don't need to do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I always wondered about that. You know, how many times, how many samples do the UFO knots have to take? They only need one or two. Well, you know, it's funny. In like the old old days, I guess, Gene, you know, 40s and 50s, and even the 60s, people would always be stumbling up to these guys, and they'd always be wrenching on the flying saucer. You know, they're all, so if somebody's underneath there working on a thing, and, and it's not till you get a little bit later in life, I guess you go, well, how, how are they able to traverse the entire universe or known space and all the hazards and stuff like that? But they land here, and they have to start working on these damn things. And what's the deal? Again, you know, this is another one of the trickster parts of it. You get a lot of those accounts where people roll up on a, a, a UFO or a guy working on a flying saucer, and he's, you know, one guy's talking to you, and the other guy's working on the flying saucer. So you're like, yeah. these guys are this that advanced. And I'm just like, what's going on here? Yeah. yeah, excuse me, Earthling, do you have a half-inch socket set? <laughs> you know, nowadays it's a Torx wrench or a Torx screwdriver. And there I was have- thinking of that. I'm thinking of taking apart my iMac, my Apple iMac to update it of course use torque screws no why they make these these scoop marks and they they take out you know fairly 
sizable chunks of, of skin when all they could all they really need to do is just do a, a swab inside the mouth to get some genetic material. This is where I kind of get on people a bit because they are not they don't either they're not being taught how to think or they're not being taught how to think critical or maybe you have to be taught how to think like that. I'm not entirely sure. But I think there's one good actually good thing about the younger generation is that they're tech savvy, you know, and they're and they're a pretty smart group, but you still find a lot of them buying into it. But a lot of them are a little more they, they are critically thinking. I think maybe some of these games have them thinking a little more critically than, than our generation does because they can pick some of this stuff off. There's a, a new video out, and it's got the meteor over Southern California, and the UFO gets ejected out of it, you know, and it starts zipping around. And I was just like, as soon as I saw it, I go, the orb was added. I'm just like, that's that's retarded. And I was just, just getting hammered, and people are like, oh, no, just, that's the real thing. Just, so, you know, the hoax killer came out today, and they're like, the whole thing was CGI. And it was like, not, not even the meteor was like, you know, for real. You, you really, I mean, when it comes to anything in the paranormal field, and Chris knows this is true, that you really have to, you know, go in and pick it apart. Because if you don't, yes, it's going to back Especially apart. now yeah. with, with CGI so um, accessible and affordable, you know, your pimply-faced uh, 13-year-old can, can actually sit there and, you know, spend some time, but come up with a convincing, uh, to the untrained eye, a fairly convincing uh, piece of, of footage. And of course, it's, it's you know, easy to spread that around around the world on the net. And uh, you, you just start a ball rolling down the hill, snowball, and it, it just gathers speed. And, and you have uh, sites like the moon site of the twins that shall not be named. <laughs> that, um, I start, again, I start itching in places I don't know where to scratch. I'm just yes. wondering, though, we were talking before about how the technology and some cultural uh, um, elements tend to be precursor to, uh, you know, they're, they're slightly couched ahead of the time. I'm wondering in that Villa Boas case, if that blonde haired alien that came in and did the dude actually kind of stuck her tongue out and was twerking like uh, Miley Cyrus before she uh, <laughs> started grunting like an animal and turning uh, Villa Boas off. Uh, anyway, I digress. <laughs> Well, there again, you get you know you get these blondes, you know you get you get more, and we have supposedly we have fifty two you know different species coming to the planet. You know you think with all the people, all those races coming in and off the planet, we'd sense the you know commotion, or sense of traffic. But it's bizarre. The whole the whole field is bizarre. But you really have. Wait a minute. There's fifty two different species of of aliens coming here. Who came up with that number? I think uh, I think Cliff uh, Cliff came up with it. Cliff Stone. Yeah. That I think he's it. right. Yeah, 52. It's kind of like he was looking at the commercial from Heinz, and they said 57 varieties, and he said, no, 52, because five of them are extinct, I guess. Well, I think that's why the, I, I guess I like to call the kind of the guys in the know is H Hansen had it with the trickster, and Chris picked up on the trickster, and there is, there's something, you know, that travels beneath all of this stuff and it's happening but it just it, it seems to come up and just kind of throw a little tweak in it just to just to throw you off and it's designed you realize it's designed to do that and then it pops itself up enough where you start you know being able to track it and chris even had in his one in his presentation that he does and uh we're that cheap you know where the brains are missing but the skull's intact and the backbone's been removed type stuff but it's Real precision stuff, and compared to the all the other stuff, you're like, this is like really strange. So you, you get these things, and you can gauge, you know, you can gauge what kind of case you got by, you know, what kind of these things actually could actually pop up within the case. Right. I love the the real good quality witnesses, ex military pilots, uh, law enforcement 
they tend to be a little bit better quality witnesses. And I'm always on the lookout for corroborating witnesses that have some sort of, of training, um, you know, operational awareness of their surroundings, that sort of thing. But a lot of times, you know, we, we just have to settle for the fact that it's going to be some Yahoo in a trailer park that's going to, you know, have a really incredible sighting. And unfortunately, his uh, his un- uncle-in-law, who's a full bird colonel or something in the Air Force, uh, didn't happen to be there that day, unfortunately. So, you know, you it, it does get tweaky. It gets twerky. It gets, uh, it gets all those things. And we really should, I think, um, expand our horizons a little bit and, and really, you know, kind of open it up, I think, and, and get creative with our thinking. It's a constant mantra that we that we hear around here at the Paracast is, you know, we need creative thinkers. Uh, the kids, I think, are a little jaded and cynical, but they, they do tend to come up from time to time with some pretty interesting insights, I think, that that are creative and uh, deserve some attention instead of, you know, a, a backhanded slap and, you know, go sit in the corner type uh, attitude that some of the older guard uh, in ufology has. Uh, you know, they haven't solved it in 60 plus years. So perhaps uh, it's time to bring in some fresh ideas, fresh fresh perspectives and, and some creative thinking. And, and that's uh, and that's uh, exactly what I try to do with the conference, actually, Chris. And right. that's what I have, you know. I'll bring in the what I generally refer to as the circus, but but uh, what I'm trying to do is bring in guys who give us a new perspective. And there's a lot of stuff that we already, you know, guys have been doing it for a long time. The Congress here has been filled with a lot of great researchers. I mean, you know, we've we've had you know Wendell Stevens used to you know hang with us on a regular occasion, Graham Bethune, and <laughs> Wendell Bruce never Cornette. met a, a UFO yeah, picture Sprint. he didn't like. I saw him at a conference here in Phoenix in '98, and he. He had uh, this, I forget the guy's name, it was some Joe, somebody from Denver that was coming up with all these way too good to be true photographs. And one of them was of this huge disc-shaped object, broad daylight, hovering over the country store in my town of Crestone. And I even recognized the two cars in the picture. I knew who whose cars they were. And I had to grab Wendell after the, after the conference to say, Wendell, you know, I, I can't vouch for any of the other photographs, but I'm, I'm I'm guaranteeing you that that photograph over the country store in Crestone was absolutely a fake. There's no way in hell that that shot could have been taken without half the town knowing about it within minutes. And he said, well, you've you gotten some good stuff uh, before, so, you know, uh, uh, I think it's real. And I said, I'm telling you, it's not. Yeah, but see, that's what you come to realize when you start hanging with these guys is that they bought it all, you know. I, I remember, and it was funny because I was talking out loud about the incident, but it was one conference and Graham Bethune was th- was speaking. And Graham had, you know, given his usual government account of what he did, you know, this, that, and, you know, his whole account. And that was fine. And, and then he started ending with like, yeah, last week I was flying around the solar system with the aliens. And you're like, oh. Oh, what just happened there? You know, then that kind of, and you're like, and I was mentioning that, you know, out loud amongst some parapsychologists one day, and and one of them said yes, and I go, you know about this, and they're like, yeah, it's and the aged military guys, you know, once they reach a certain age, you know, we don't know whether the curtain's rising or falling, but this seems to be a common occurrence. So when it comes to the military guys, especially guys who like don't have a wife and who aren't grounded. Uh, you know, this kind of goes segues into my biblical stuff of sorts. Let's go into that stuff of sorts in our next segment with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, John Hubner from Midas Resources. Are you tired of watching your hard-earned assets dwindle away? As government spending is out of hand and the Federal Reserve is creating in excess of $20 billion a week, are you tired of stockbrokers gambling away your hard-earned money? Is this market a setup for a crash greater than 1987? Too many of today's policies resemble those that led to the collapse of 1929. This is John Hubner, and that was me in 2007. And we all know what happened when the subprime credit bubble burst. By March 2009, the dollar lost 50% of its value. The entire U.S. banking system was on the verge of collapsing. Like all financial problems of the past, is history about to repeat itself? Call me, John Hubner, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 129, before it's too late to protect yourself. Will the oncoming catastrophe take all private IRAs, 401ks with it? There is a way to protect your hard-earned assets. Call me, John Hubner, at 1-800-686-2237. 2237 extension 129. You pick up the receiver with your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead. You finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then. Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota. Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Jason! 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 Going once. Twice. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! you're listening to right now online at gcnlive.com click on the community link engage with other listeners ask questions start debates don't agree with the host let them know be a part of the community at gcnlive.com on facebook on the news and in conversations with friends we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier from gluten-free and non-gmo diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs but how much have you heard about alkalizing the body alkavision plasma ph drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's ph levels back in balance just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste and even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of alkavision plasma ph drops 
Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Biblical stuff, of course. David? Well, you find, like, uh, I I won't mention names, but there are... You know, a few, at least a few well-known researchers and every one of them. And I mean, first I have to preface it because and Chris has seen it and we've all experienced it. But if you like really are digging into this stuff and you don't you're not grounded. I mean, you can like really go off the off the rails. And I mean, there's no if, answer buts about it. I've seen a hundred dozen times. You have to have some sort of grounding. You have to know when to step away from it and and get a grip and, you know, because if you, if you, I always say, if you hang out with the with the UFO crowd, you you think they're going to land, you know, any minute now. And if you hang out with the, you know, the Bible crowd, you know, the, the Jesus is going to come in any minute now. It's you, sometimes you just kind of have to step back and you, you 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 know what's going on. And you just have to get a grip and say, you know, let me get reoriented. So what I found is that you get a lot of these guys, and if they don't have a a wife or somebody, and for these specific cases, each one of them have a, have a, a, a wife or a husband who's a, a practicing Christian, and they kind of reel them in when they start going off the rails. So it's I've noticed that the, the marriages who survive this have this component in it. There seems to be something you know that keeps keeps them solidified. But um, that's just one one aspect of. Yeah, or friends that, that tell tell them to chill out. You're 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 kind of you're you're you need a break, or you're starting to sound a little a little uh, questionable. You know, <laughs> you know. Don't forget, uh, you know, your sanity uh, is at stake here. I've seen some people really just just totally lose it, and uh, especially in the cattle uh, mutilation uh, investigative realm, that's that's even tougher. You think UFOs uh, are tough? <laughs> you should should try being a, a unexplained livestock death investigator. It. Uh, I mean, we just uh, today on the Paracast we had a post from a investigator researcher out in in Missouri that claims that uh, one of the scientists that they've uh, been working with out there had a close encounter and now is, has fast acting cancer and is getting ready to die. It's right. like where does this stuff start? Where does it go to? And, and when does it end? Uh, you know, it's. It's all subject to interpretation, and if you're not, like you said, if you're not grounded and really focused and centered, you're going to have a problem uh, dealing with this stuff uh, on any level. Yeah, it's true, and unfortunately, if you hang out within that community, you know, you're not going to get somebody who's going to dial you in. They're going to feed. They're going to feed your trip. So, and and it can get wacky. I mean, I was telling, I was, it was I don't know, maybe five or six years back. But I was like in like hardcore mode, and I was doing a lot of lot of archive and a lot of book reading and going through all kinds of film and going out to active areas. And I was hopping; it was because mo- it was I don't know, two thousand eight, two thousand seven, but it was popping, you know. And 
I, I was out at a local place and there was this gunmetal black like C-140 transport just kind of lumbering in the sky. So I got out my camera phone because my camera phone's HD. So I, I put it onto the object and the object wouldn't come into the finder. wasn't there. So I was like, well, wait a second. It's got a bank near this tree over here. So I set it up and I'm waiting for it to bank and it's right there in the camera. It should be in the camera and it's not in my viewfinder. So I'm like, damn, the camera broke. So I get in my car, I, I drive maybe five feet, and I said, wait a second. So I got out of the car, and I'm looking around. I was like, well, it's capturing everything else. Why isn't it? It's capturing the house in front of me. Why isn't it not cat? And the thing wasn't making any noise, and it was just bizarre. I don't know how to explain it. It was just bizarre. So I go home, and a bunch of the local old-time researchers had given me a bunch of their research. And I dug a, under this pile of the VHSs, and I pull out the tape, I stick it in, and it's Bruce Cornett. And who used to be with our, our Congress, and he used to put up some interesting stuff, interesting character. But uh, he's talking about, he's trying to catch this big black airplane that's lumbering across the road in front of him, but it won't come into his viewfinder. But he does manage to take a picture, but it's all kinds of weird, you know, color lines and stuff like that. But he's basically describing exactly what I just got done coming from. And it's just like you just get into those modes where every, the synchronicity is popping in the moment. It's not, you know, next week. And it gets kind of weird, but I was talking to Hanson about it, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you know, you have your, you're, you know, you're immersed. You have your head totally into it. So it's, you know, these things do take on, you know, uh, those aspects, and it's true. And you're not aware of it. I mean, you're mildly aware of it, but when you get a, an acute case of it, it's nice to have people around who can, you know, reorient you. And for me, you know, George Hanson is one of those guys. Now I should tell you with George Hanson, there is a long discussion in our forums about the fact that he is a skeptic of a very key UFO abduction case that was covered in a book by Bud Hopkins. Yeah, the, the, uh, yeah, the Linda case. Right, the Linda case. And the point being here is that we have a regular visitor to our forums who's acquainted with Linda and was acquainted with Bud Hopkins when he was alive and has done extensive research into it, pointing out areas, many areas, where George Hansen basically missed the boat rather big time on the grasp of facts. He got a lot of things wrong, chapter and verse. Yeah, I mean, but the, the other thing is, I know some of that team that was, you know, put together for that, and they were, like, you know, some serious, you know, ex-cops and detectives and investigators and, you know, the sort like that, so... It wasn't a ragtag group that George had together, but uh, George can pick apart a story, and that's what we're here to do. You know, if, right. you're gonna, you know, if, if you're going to put up some you know, crazy claim, then you better be able to back it up. And, and I had David Jacobs down here for a conference, and we were talking about this exact thing, and he was, he was still mad. And George was in the audience for his talk, but, you know, uh, it's weird because David Jacobs is another one of those guys. You know, nice guy. People love to hear him hear him talk. But uh, there's a lot of these guys in the, the the biblical UFO field, I call it, and they interview him. And David Jacobs had no idea that there could ever be anything else other than this alien stuff. And they're they're springing you know they're springing biblical verse on him and and uh, saying you know this doesn't sound exactly the same. What you and uh, no idea. So. You got to take it from that kind of that point of view. I mean, it's like how tunnel visioned are people? You know, how how you know how long have they milked this cow? And this is the cow that they're going to milk, you know, until you know they're done. But I mean, uh, I'm befuddled how so many researchers are still in the alien thing 
at all, to be honest with you. I mean, pretty much everybody has moved. We have a you know, progression where you go through the system and you're like, oh, yeah, UFOs, aliens. And then maybe you get a little critical and then you start, you know, you're, you're looking at the, the cons of every argument now and saying, well, they make a good point and they make a good point. And you start saying, yeah, these questions have to be answered. And those questions never seem to get answered, and eventually they do, and you were right to start out with, but you took a bunch of flack on the, the front end that nobody remembers anything on the tail end. So, You're not a follower of Eric von Daniken's claim, and many others made the same claim, he wasn't even the first, that we were possibly visited by higher beings or alien beings or something in ancient times, that there was a presence of an advanced race. You don't subscribe to any of that. I'll have you answer that question in our next segment. So we've got a lot more to go with our guest this week on the Paracast. This is really fascinating. We're talking to David Stinnett of the New Jersey UFO Conference. We have it linked to the Paracast site, by the way, if you want to find out more about it. And with Gene and with Chris, you're in the Paracast. Listening to GCN, proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Lock down your digital life at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We love that you're passionate about GCN. And whether you're a listener, a business owner, or a radio industry professional, we've redesigned the new GCN newsletter to keep you in the know. Get updates on your favorite GCN shows and hosts. Go to GCNlive.com and click on the banner in the upper left corner. Just for signing up, you're automatically entered for monthly giveaways. Start receiving your newsletter today. The future of talk radio. GCN. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. 
General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Yeah. Did you want to see me, sir? Well, I did, but now that I do, I'm not so sure. Sir? Johnson, I got a mission for you that could change your life. Oh, good, sir. It involves traveling halfway around the world without so much as half a clue of where you're going or what you're going to do when you get there. Situation normal, sir? Uh-huh. Right, I'll be leading this mission, Johnson, so I'll be telling you what to do. You, sir? That's right, Johnson, and I say first things first. Oh, good plan, sir. And what I say is first is food. Always remember that, Johnson. Food is a big deal. Sir, my brother-in-law can give us a really good deal on some surplus MREs. Johnson, if you've got half a brain and that empty head of yours, you'll call the freeze-dry guy like I did. That food is better for you. It rehydrates faster, and it's good, Johnson. And it keeps for up to 30 years. Will we be gone that long, sir? I hope not. Now, get your supplies organized and meet me down to the pier at dawn on Sunday. We sail at sunrise. Yes, sir. This adventure is brought to you by the freeze-dry guy. Call 866-404-3663 or visit freezedryguy.com. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, UFOs in biblical times. Were they UFOs, David Stinnett? Yeah, I don't, you know, we were talking about Van Dannigan before. No, I don't subscribe to that at all, actually. So, and the the thing is, it's funny because I was in, uh, Ellie Marzulli does this. Uh, UFO series and it's basically done from a, you know, a biblical point of view and they, he doesn't beat you over the head with it and he actually does a pretty good job on, on most of these things but he would he was telling me that you know he'd be in on ancient aliens you know and they pretty much give everybody else a, a free run to, you know to say their piece but when he would give his his trip uh, basically they edited all edited it all up to make it sound like you know Noah was an extraterrestrial so um, I knew a fellow years ago, name of Yona Fortner. Don't know if you remember him. Very close with Jim Mosley. He died probably in the early 2000s, I think, because I was in touch with him up till then. And Yona basically says that the God of the Bible was the pilot of a spaceship. And he was writing about this in the 50s, way before Van Daniken. I'm really careful about the pronunciation because of the fact that one of our regular listeners and our staff announcer, Bob Zanotti, was correcting me on European pronunciations, and I won't even go there. <laughs> so what do you think of any of that? You don't think that there's any possibility that if UFOs are real today or represent a physical phenomenon, and obviously you have questions about what they might really be, that there's a possibility that that force, whatever it is, was there then. But that's that's where you start getting into the real nuts and bolts of this, I think, because 
you have to be really boned up on your modern physics models and your you know your your modern holographic universe theory models and your multiverses and stuff like that because how do you even start diving into something like this? Well, just start at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chris and I were having a conversation. It was about the, the Germans had come up with this machine. It's called the CE-600. And it was something they were trying to pick up the spaces in between dimensions or something to that effect. And it was a very sensitive machine. Well, the machine went from haywire. So what they decided, somebody suggested, try Hone's theory of the holographic universe, recalibrate it. So I was following that because it's important because they they know that basically everything in our universe, everything is mathematically perfect. Everything, our planet from, you know, the ozone and our protective layers to you know the microbes in the ground it's everything's very specific you know it's a little too specific so what they're what they're they're trying to do is is see if this is a you know and the, the movie the matrix is based off that theory from that 1956 theory basically so uh i was looking towards that they hadn't seen anything evidently fermi labs picked up that research for some reason so i was looking to that because if the if if it comes out that this is I'm, I, I don't know how they would release that to the public frankly but if they find out that it actually is then that means this is a a created reality which is basically what the the old testament new testament has been saying all along you know this is you know this is a created reality and i think most of us know that you know, our receptor package, our brain, isn't really picking up everything that's going on around us. I mean, we use different, you know, light spectrums to pick up uh, the UFOs. So we're out in in Western Pennsylvania. We we have somebody spotting with a with a, a, a night vision to you know put us rest of us who have night vision onto it. And when you're filming it, you can't you step away from the camera, you can't see it with the naked eye. There's nothing there. But when you go back to the night vision, boom, it's there. So we also have to realize that we're not getting the full picture on what's going on around us. So from that standpoint, you know, that some of this stuff starts to jive a little bit. And when you start getting into this, you start bumping into guys like, I don't know if you are you guys familiar with Joe Jordan? No, Uh, the name kind of rings a bell, but I'm not familiar with his work. Yeah. Joe Jordan is a former MUFON regional director in like, I think Florida or something like that. But uh, stand up guy. Got, it was into all the, you know, the love and love and new age stuff and all that, you know, good stuff. And evidently he found Jesus and started, you know, doing research from a biblical point of view. So he started doing the abduction stuff from the point of view that it's, uh, you know, the, it's demonic or something to that effect. So what he found was, is that he had, he has, and he, I think he's still collecting data, but he has boatloads of people who have said, you know, in the middle of one of these things, you know, I call out to Jesus and it stops immediately. And so he has, uh, I'm assuming before it's all over, he'll probably have as much as Bud Hopkins or anybody else. And my personal point of view is, well, his state is no worse or better or worse than Bud Hopkins or anybody else's. So, and as far as I'm concerned, it's all on the table. We put it all on the table. I I know, like Chris was saying, we have to think outside the box. And at this point in the game, we have 60 years of some fairly decent scientific research, and we, we have a pretty much a big old goose egg. So we need to start thinking differently. Joe's research, has sh- and he did a big thing in in, uh, in uh, Roswell where he had these people come in and you know, tell their thing. But uh, even if that's a small section of the abduction phenomenon, the, the, the fact of the matter is whatever these things are seem to be scared of this Jesus guy. 
and it stops immediately. So we know it's not alien in, in, in the sense because aliens, were, you know, somebody from another galaxy or planet or whatever might be like, yeah, who, gee, Jesus, and move along, you know, and keep doing what they're doing. But evidently, his end of research is showing that there, this is something happening. And Joe works in like aerospace over in Korea and Japan. So, you know, Joe's not a slouch. And he's a stand-up guy. So at you know at that point in the game, you start going through what he's putting out, and you're like, "Well, that's interesting. That's stuff I've never heard about in the UFO community." And if I wasn't, you know, in these particular pursuits, I probably never would have heard about it. So it's just another aspect to that. Well, and aren't you, you kind of pigeonholing this thing into a Western, uh, you know, Judeo-Christian sort of uh, playing field here? What would happen if somebody well, in India? It's true, but you got to figure most of this stuff is mostly Semitic, so it's you know it's had its roots over there. I mean, the Westernization of it has just brutalized it, in my personal opinion. But uh, I mean, it's it is to a certain extent, Chris. Yeah, but in a bigger in the bigger picture, it all started over there, and it's still all big over there. There's no you know, there's no difference over there, and you know, the, Jesus. Well, had I, I would think that the, in India too. So. Yeah, it's all contextual. I mean, it depends on on you know your your upbringing, your belief system. I mean, in in you know in the Islamic countries, for instance, uh, the jinn are, are considered to be sort of quasi demonic type forms, and and so I I don't know if Japan you know has. using the name Jesus would have anything to uh, to any effect on a jinn, but maybe uh, calling out the name of the prophet Muhammad might uh, banish them or something. I mean, know, where do you where do you draw the line? That's actually a really good point. I, I'll talk to Joe because that's that's you know, there's one of those questions that have to be answered: is does he have people from other other parts of the world giving the same type of testimony? And if he does, then you know, there's another little piece that we get to add to the puddle. But it's it's a good question. I'm just listening to this. Yeah, I was going to say, what what do you have to say about that, Gene? Let's get this guy on the show and see what he has to do, what he has done and see where he stands, because I'm always interested in different approaches to this. Because I know I've read books, a few books over the years, where some people were relating UFOs to some kind of demonic phenomenon of some kind. So I'm surprised by nothing. Well, that, that's kind of why I went to those things, because you start reading like Valet, like Messengers of Deception, and, and when you're actually in the field, you realize there's more BS flying around here and you shake a stick at. I mean, it's completely deceptive and more different angles and you shake a stick at. So I started saying, well, what's the world attacking and, and what deals with, you know, deception. And my mom used to work at the Institute for Advanced Study with Teller and Oppenheimer. So she's an egghead, but she's also been a believer and, you know, definitely more so than I have you know, growing up. But I have to admit, I was a prophecy buff growing up. So, you know, I got the full expansion of every different type of prophecy that, you know, that was going around. But, uh, you know, she's the one that said, hey, stupid, you know, check this out. And, and I, and after seeing, you know, uh, and, and I didn't take it really seriously at that point in the game, but after seeing Missler's presentation, I started taking it seriously and said, all right, well, this is one of those things I, you know, I love to dig and let's get it on. There's a big point here we could raise, but it has to come to our next segment. All right. So let's just take it easy. Let's do our do pausing right now. So due diligence, we'll pause. David Stinnett is joining us with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Did you know by age 50, half of all men have an enlarged prostate? This means more urges to urinate, longer bathroom trips, waking at night to urinate, or issues with sex. If this sounds familiar, call us now, because we're shipping free bottles of Super Beta Prostate to listeners of this station. Super Beta Prostate is a non-prescription formula guaranteed to reduce the symptoms of your enlarged prostate. It's yours free. Pay only shipping and handling. Just call 1-800-875-6415. In clinical trials, the ingredient in Super Beta Prostate was shown to reduce urges to urinate, improve bladder emptying, reduce waking at night to urinate, and improve quality of life. This Super Beta Prostate-free offer is for listeners of this station, but it won't last. Don't wait. Just call 1-800-875-6415. That's 1-800-875-6415. Call 1-800-875-6415. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. 
and I hope that you do listen to the Paracast because you will learn a great deal about the paranormal. With Gene, with Chris, we're talking with David Stinnett of the New Jersey UFO Conference. David, what about something that we're kind of leading into here, I think you agree from the discussion so far, and that is the reflective nature of UFOs, that they seem to reflect the culture of the time, their expectations at the time, that sort of thing. Well, the, the strange part about it is like, you know, Chris and I have talked about this because we, you know, we're, we hang, hang around those, those areas, but you get the rock art that has, you know, fine saucers in it. There's stuff like that all over the place. So unfortunately it's a, a shape, you know, the, Flying saucer shape is something that's kind of universal to a lot of things, so we don't know if it's actually pertaining to that. But you know, you get enough of weird stuff where you, you, enough weird stuff in the sense of you know the drawings, how they're depicted. That like, well, this isn't an eye, this is an eye, or this isn't a boat, or something like that. This is something that's flying. So, whatever that part of it is, again, this is another one of those little things that just stick in the phenomenon. It's yeah, but all the, all these images and and non-attributed, uh, you know, visual information that we can find around the world from ancient times to the present, it's it's all in the eye of the beholder. I mean, you supply the context within which you attempt to try to identify and interpret what a particular shape is. For instance, around here um, in the, you know, the Mogollon Rim area, we had a, uh, a volcano that... Um, was the last of the 200 volcanoes at the San Francisco volcanic field just up uh, around Flagstaff. This volcano, they think, erupted around 1190. And you can find really impressive petroglyphs of what appears to be a, sh a saucer shape that has lines coming out of the top and the bottom. And I could see, you know, the average person looking at it and saying, my God, that's a, that's a petroglyph of a flying saucer. But according to anthropologists and archaeologists, it's an actual picture drawn on the rock of the volcano erupting. You know, you have that, that pyramidal sort of discoidal shape of the mountain. You have the uh, ash coming out the top, and you have uh, yeah. a single lava flow coming out of the bottom. You know, you could very well look at it and interpret it as a flying saucer that uh, is beaming some signal uh, up into the cosmos and then emptying the bilge or something from the <laughs> bottom. So it's, again, it's all contextual. It's all, it's all in the eye of the beholder. In terms of the demonic thing, though, uh, Nick Redfern wrote a book called Final Events, and he talks about this secretive group within the military and uh, the government that I guess he named the Collins elite, for lack of a, a better term. But they're, they've been convinced since the 50s, uh, possibly even as early as the mid to late 40s, that all this this type of activity is demonic in nature, and they're, uh, according to Nick's research, they were quite concerned about that. Have, are you familiar with that particular uh, book? And yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I am. As a matter of fact, I actually had Nick to my last conference, but the, the Chuck Missler guy I was talking to you before, he actually speaks a little bit on the the, the Collins elite. There are some people who actually thought that he may be part of it, which I doubt it very seriously, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm familiar with that whole that whole line of thinking, and I'm not. You know, again, you go to the Book of Daniel, the end of, the end of the Daniel seventy weeks prophecy. We're down to basically the feet, basically that somewhere's around where we're at now, and he says, you know, uh, you know, they will try to mix their seed with the seed of man, but it, but it won't cleave. So whatever we have, what he's talking about, and Daniel's prophecy has been pretty 
pretty good, you know, as far as things go. I, I, it's been. Uh, excuse me, pretty good. How so? As an accuracy. Okay, so how so? In what way was it accurate? Let's put this way. If, say, the. Say for the New Testament, they say there's you know three to four hundred years that are in, that are missing in between there. But if you go through Daniel, Daniel tells you that you know Greece is going to rise and Rome is going to rise and you know they're going to you know it's by name. You know it's you know I'm, when I go back, I'm going to have to. And this is you know one of the messengers basically saying you know once I get done dealing with Persia, I'm going to have to go back and battle the the, the prince of Grecia, and, and you know it's fairly specific in that sense. But Daniel. He fills in the gap that everybody seems to think that there's a gap, but there's not. But in that specific, in that well, that that gap is is the apocrypha. That's the, the you know the Greek Bible that was the, the Roman Catholic Church sort of did away with it. The Book of uh, Noah, the Book of uh, Peter. These were the books that were considered the New Testament at the time of Christ. Well, what what you have is the the Torah, the Old Testament, and the. The first translation, the Septuagint, was transferred from Hebrew to Greek. Because basically at that time, Hebrew was like Latin today. You know, it was kind of basically just used for religious stuff. And the, the Jewish people at that time wanted a, a Bible that they could, they could read. You know? And the thing is, is that both Hebrew and Greek are both heptatic. They, they're, they're, they have multiple meanings for words. So you know, when you're talking love in Greek, it's five different, there's five different types of love. So the translation is very specific. When when most scholars looking for exactly what what the Torah said in those days are looking at the Septuagint because it gives you a precise translation, and you realize at least as far as translations go, there's only been three really major translations, and that's from Hebrew to Greek, from Greek to Latin, and from Latin to English, and you know that there's Spanish and other stuff, but a lot of that. Language is derived, and people kind of have a grip. You know, Spanish people know how to speak Italian or understand Italian. So, but by and large, the, they're pretty. They're all solid. The only differential is is that the older they are, the more, the less soft they are. We they soften them up as you know the ages come up. Um, you know, when they talk about you know Jesus and the Septuagint, basically he'd been beaten so badly that by the time he hit the cross, you couldn't even tell he was a human being. You, know, you get to the King James, and it was like uh, you know, his visage was so marred you could not tell he was a son of man. You know, big differential, but you know they're they're cupcaking it. But what you also realize within that whole realm is that the one spot that actually allows you to understand the entire narrative from beginning to end is the one area that the preachers usually leave out or don't want to touch because it's too too weird. And that's Genesis six. You know, some these beings come out from their a state, their first estate, a place, you know, the Yokotarium in Greek, the place that we all long to be to. And they come down and they mate with the women and create these things. And these things are gigantes in, in Greek. And it does sound like giants, but what it actually means is earth-born. But they actually happen to be giants. But then you have the Greeks, the Greeks mythos is picking up because there was evidently there was a time when whatever this stuff was going on, you know, these civilizations knew it was going on. But the thing is that you start to understand what's going on through the rest of the text because this stuff is popping up through through the rest of the text. And then you start, I mean, they're basically seeing what we're seeing in the sky. They're experiencing the same weird stuff, except they seem to know who it is and what they're up to. That's the only differential. Whether you want to buy into that narrative, you know, that's entirely up to you. And I usually tell people, I'm just like, if this is what you want to you know, look into. I'm not saying you have to buy into it, but you should be aware of it. Well, if that's the case, then someone having an experience may be attracting some sort of evil intent. Uh, 
uh, be opening themselves up to some sort of demonic force energy uh, intelligence. That doesn't quite make sense to me because uh, there's such a wide range and cross-section of, of, of the culture that has ex inexplicable events. I mean, priests in uh, the South Pacific, Pacific have had uh, incredible uh, up-close and personal daylight sightings. Um, we have uh, people that have been venerated uh, in their communities, uh, in their cultures, have had close encounters, for instance. Are, are they attracting evil? Uh, is there some sort of uh, equation that we could uh, look at to... Well, Chris, I mean, I don't know if you follow, like, UFO hunters, or not UFO hunters, ghost hunters, and, and it's kind of petered out, I have to admit now, but initially I was watching all those guys on Facebook, all those groups, and we understand that... You know, within whatever tribes with the shaman or whoever the priests or the you know the churches us they there, there's a reason for the ceremony and these guys actually will will go in and you'll watch them they'll go into an investigation they'll come back home and they'll drag whatever it was in in that investigation back home with them you know they're getting all the weird stuff and the stuff in their house and they don't realize and then I'll say did you do a closing ceremony and they'll be like well what's that and I'm just like you know when you get done with a house I'm just like you don't want that stuff coming back to you and it's it could be psychosomatic but evidently the parapsychologists say no that's valid you know that's there's a reason for that and it does seem to put you know keep the things where they need to be yeah so. picking up accidental hitchhikers yeah. <laughs> But it's it's funny to watch that. But the, you know, it's like you're just waiting for one of these guys to have like a really bad incident because it's not. You know, people think you watch the ghost hunters on television and that's what you do. And it's like that's not reality, folks. I mean, you you know, you got to be careful out there. There's there is stuff out there. Yeah, I've I've been in a situation uh, with Rosemary Ellen Guiley, actually, of all people. We uh, <laughs> she's we like crashed. With her. We crashed a, a portal uh, spot in the the San Luis Valley and. Uh, we had a really riveting experience up close and personal of, of something that was just barely invisible, kind of manifest around us, and we split. And then had, you know, a pot jump across, uh, you know, from the window, jump off and uh, land in the middle of the floor in an impossible manner, right when she said, I hope it didn't follow us back here. <laughs> Before we get followed too closely, we got to do this break with Gene and with Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Listening to GCN, proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Lock down your digital life at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. We've been patiently waiting. Waiting while you tried to ignore us. Waiting while you acted like we didn't exist. Waiting for our chance to be taken seriously. The wait is over. GCN is available 24-7 at GCNlive.com. Navigate through news from your favorite hosts and download archives of past shows. Download the app on your smartphone or tablet or visit GCNlive.com for instant access and live streaming. GCNlive.com, the future of talk radio. Now at your fingertips. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MYTV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. 
Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Are we being followed just too closely? What is behind that curtain? David Stinnett, can you tell us what's behind the curtain? It sounds like there's so much deception going on in the UFO field. How do we even get a handle on the real event if there is a real event to be found? It's kind of like we were saying before is that you, you know, the, the work doesn't come to you. You kind of have to, and, and we're fortunate now because when an area gets hot now, it, you know, it goes viral pretty quick. So you, and if it's somewhere that's fairly local, you can get to it. But I mean, you have to go there and you have to do the work yourself. And, and, and I started out with a lot of Kehoe stuff. I would use his, you know, versions of stuff. But after, you know, after a number of years, you, you know what the questions I ask and, you know, I would study stuff like, you know, body language and micro expressions to see, you know, how people are, what, what, what their body's telling me when they're telling me something else. And that's been valuable because there's been situations where guys are, you know, you'll get people who want to fund you, let's say, and you can pretty much pick off where they're coming from because um, just by what their body's saying as opposed to what their mouth is saying. So you can take that into the field and, and talk to witnesses and, and if, you know, they're doing all the right things, and, and you can pretty much tell that, that you know, they're serious about what they saw. Even then, a person can accurately describe what they saw, but how you, do you know that's what they saw? You don't. I mean, when that, I have that's a, almost like a Zen cone, Gene. <laughs> it is. Of course. And the thing is, is that, you know, you can get out, you can be out there with a bunch of people, and there's been numerous times where that's the situation, and everybody's filming it. So you're not filming a, a hallucination. You, know, you can't film a hallucination. Everybody's witnessing it. And there are times, there's many times where whatever it is, it seems to have some sort of intelligence. I mean, you can write them off as plasma balls, and they very well may be for all, all, all intent and purposes. But um, there are times when they seem to, you know, they avoid where you're at. You know, or uh, I think Ted Phillips even has a pretty good piece of film where those little balls are, are, are swarming the cameras. You know, but there's situations where you seem to get a feeling that they're aware of you. The, the other part of that, and I don't know if Chris has seen this, but every now and then, you know, in the earlier days, I would take girls to a hot spot and I would get one of three reactions. You get kind of the look, looky loo, like, Oh, look, uh, you'll get the girls that are like, I want to leave and I want to leave now. And they're scared and they went out and you get the other ones. that will start crying. Someone will hit the ground in fetal position, but they're just like overwhelmed and you don't, I'm not sensing any of that in my own personal thing. And I'm, and, and I think it takes a, you don't know how, we don't know, really have a grip on how the mind deals with stuff or how things influence the mind. I mean, we do, but 
in this case, I'm not entirely sure because, and there'll be you know a bunch of different people there, but everybody ha- will have a different reaction to it, you know, and that's an interesting aspect to the to the field. So I'm not sure even where the place is that, but. Well, you know, let's go with the um, theory that that these things are are closed system. Let's say because if we're talking about something demonic, uh, for instance, it it indicates something that's been homespun uh, to some degree, and that's kind of a a bit of a generalization. But I do I do think you would agree that um, these things have been around for a long time. They don't they may be more terrestrial than we are in that sense. But what is their agenda? If it's demonic and it's evil and it's bad. What could possibly be the agenda that doesn't conform with the standard ufological uh, thinking of their aliens of uh, gathering genetic material and hybridizing their race and all these assumptions that you find everywhere in the UFO field? What well, would be the possible agenda? I'll throw you two two different things to chew on. One is that American Scientific, I think it was back in 2006, maybe 2009, but they came out with an article called The, the Changing of the Constants. Evidently, they're finding that they're co- the constants of physics are changing. And in their own words, they say, uh, if the constants of physics are changing, and we believe they are, then that means that our reality is but a shadow of a, a larger reality, which is basically, you know, that, and I go back to these texts, because again, this is what these texts are saying the whole time. But a lot of people don't know that, and I've, I've asked numerous physicists, and I, and I get different answers, so I'm not even sure what to think on this one. But they, they in measuring the speed of light, you know, the velocity of light, and they found that it's slowing down. The previous measurement, it falls out outside the means of the previ- previous measurement. So w- what does that mean? The speed of light is slowing down. If the speed of light is a constant, like E equals MC squared, but C isn't a constant, then where are we at? But what seems to be happening is that um, like we seem to be in some sort of like state of flux to a certain extent because at this point in the game, they know, you know, max pl- Planck length, you know, 10 to the 33rd, negative 33rd, at that point, you can't get any smaller. Anything smaller beyond that is everywhere at the same time. It beca- it's non-local, which is something you have to wrap, wrap your head around. There. And the other part of it is that uh, on the macrocosm scale, that they realize that there's an end there too. So within those realms, Chris said it, you know, closed, you know, closed loop here, closed operation. We don't know exactly what we're dealing with. We don't know when my hand's hitting the desk, it's just, it's the atoms hitting the atoms of the desk. But I mean, when you look at an atom, you realize that most of the space within an atom is is space. So by those definitions, most of us isn't really here. Most of every, all of us, everything around us is is space. So again, we're perceiving it in a way, or our mind is allowing it to perceive it in a way, and, and I think for a reason, because there's a bigger dance going on there's a bigger agenda in play and yeah you know you, ha- you may have those illuminati agendas and those type of guys and the the, the, you know, the elite and stuff like yeah, that yeah but you're, you're talking about something that that is being delineated into positive and negative good or bad good versus evil um anytime you use the word demonic you you have a knee-jerk assumption that you're dealing with something that's negative and has ill intent so i'm not yeah, sure how the plank constant yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I, I don't even in even in the ancient literature, there's good guys, you know. And what do you call them? In 2012, Branson, Missouri, had a prophecy conference, and I had all the guys that I usually follow there. And it was, honestly, half that conference was on UFOs, and they had and they had a better grip on it than we did. I, I mean, it was not we necessarily, but the UFO community. 
But I mean, they were really sussing this stuff out. But Gary Stearman, who family uh, made Stearman aircraft, uh, I know him because my mom used to fly some of his old biplanes and those, you know, those type of things. But uh, he gives his first account of a, of a UFO, flying saucer coming off his wing. And it was funny because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a Christian guy then. He was a you know, flying guy, a pilot. And he gives this account. And basically, uh, uh, as he's going into Lubbock, Texas, his generator light goes off. So he has to shut down all of his inter- instrumentation. He hears, if you look to your left, you'll see a UFO. And he laughs. And then he realized, uh, he hears it again. And then he realizes that he, all of his instrumentation's off. So he looks over and there's this thing parked off his wing. Well, Gary has a missing time thing within that. The aspect, but what he found out was is that the guys in the shop said, "What'd you do to our plane?" And Gary says, "I've only been, it's only got ten hours on it." And they're like, "The generator cowl sitting, the generator belt is sitting at the bottom of the cowl." There's like, "There's no way those ca- pulleys are calibrated. There's no way they could come off them." So you know, Gary thinks that whatever that was was looking after him on his fl- on his on his way in. He's evidently, he had missing time, and evidently, once you know, Gary found Jesus. Evidently, and and all his books are like you know. Time travelers of the Bible, you know, he's caught in that t- whole time travel-y type thing. But, you know, th- um, there's no reason why they can't be good. I think you have to find a way of discernment of, you know, what's who's who. Okay, what's okay. Who. so so we're talking angels and demons then yeah. to use the Judeo or the Christian uh, vernacular, if you, you will. You get it all around the world. You get the good guys and you get bad guys, you know. I'm just I'm still, so there's a war over our soul uh, is is what I'm hearing here. Like the Collins elite said that they're the demonic agenda is harvesting souls for some for some <laughs> yeah. uh, purpose unstated. For all I know, Chris, it could be. Uh, you know, I'm not going to. I don't. I don't really deal in. in I like absolutes, but it, it it is or it isn't, and it's and, and there's no no way to tell. I mean, unless things start getting like really hairy, which you know. Most of us pretty much expect anyway, but you know, at this point, some people think we already have reached the point of no return. That things are just getting worse and worse. We can cite those recent terrorist episodes in Paris as examples of what this sort of thing is all about. And maybe we should just all give it up or hope that ET will come down to save us rather than to harm us. David Stinnett is joining us. We have a wide-ranging discussion going on. And you're continuing with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE, 
when you check out. Adam Miller here with Midas Resources. Today is January 5th, 2014, and gold opened at 1197.90. A one ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1242.08, 621.04 for a half ounce, or 310.52 for a quarter ounce. That's 1242.08, 621.04, and 310.52. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body body healing itself with the aid of HB extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. If you want to get that new show that we're doing called After the Paracast, here's how. Go to plus.theparacast.com. P-L-U-S dot theparacast dot com. You'll be able to subscribe to our premium service for $5 a month, $50 a year. You'll get after the Paracast and ad-free versions of the Paracast with a higher resolution copy. On this week's episode, we're talking to David Stinnett, UFO researcher of long duration, managing the New Jersey UFO Conference. Chris, 
Oh, I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. I'm I'm looking at this. There's got to be some, at some level, there's got to be some motivation. There has to be some uh, agenda. There has to be something. This isn't all just, uh, you know, tricksters running around doing things, uh, inexplicable things or showing up for, for absolutely no reason at all. I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. Why go to all the trouble to do to show up uh, for thousands of years, possibly to uh, millions of people uh, just to show up? I mean, there's got to be some sort of end game going on here. There's got to be some sort of agenda, some sort of of motivation in in my mind. This all can't just be uh, tricksterism. There's got to be something, something underlying this. And you know, I'm yeah. trying to wrap my head around that. It's tough, Chris. I mean, it's, let's face it. There's no way to. This is the part where we don't get an absolute. You know, you we were talking about absolutes before, and you, you don't like them. And to a certain extent, yeah, I like them. I like to know whether things are right or wrong or this or that. But in this particular case, you know, I'm going to have to side on on your end of things. I mean, we, it, it 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 will pertain to your worldview, uh, and that's that's what I'm certain of. The, wherever you, your head's at. That's how you're you're going to perceive it, and I think the reality behind that is is that somebody's got to be right, and everybody else has to be wrong. I'm not really I'm not sure who that is. Again, it's from your particular you know, worldview, but again, we know something's going on. Why? For whose purpose? You know? Why this indeed? <laughs> the sixty-four million dollar question. But you have to, you know, the, the, the rest of the community has to get up to speed here, you know, to, to this point, because it, it's just like you can look at the stuff nowadays and say, yeah, no. And, and, and like the other day, and I've seen these before, they'll, they'll, you get a real far off light in the future, in, in the distance, and you freaking zoom, zoom right up, and you, know, you max zoom on this thing, and it's swirling, and it's colorful, and people are putting those out as like, you know, aliens, and they got faces in them, and, and uh, you know, they're, you know, I mean, like the whole gambit. And I'm just like, guys, I'm just like, everybody on here, films out in the field for crying out loud and we know you should know what this is i'm just like i've done this with my camera a hundred million times trying to dial in on the ufo and you you, you know you dial in on a star and you get some you know just crazy stuff but it's just like man and, and these are people yeah it's you know, called bad focus yeah and these are people who should know better but you don't know really who's in certain groups and you know the people who are but you're always surprised at the people who are who aren't picking it up you know well, you mentioned you went to this prophets conference in Branson, and then they had a much better handle on it than we than the, the ufological community. Why don't you kind of address that a little bit and give us an idea of where they're on track and the rest of the field is not? I think they're on track in the sense that they don't believe it's aliens. <laughs> you know, that's that's, that's where I'm going to have to. You know, and again, that's their worldview. You know, and I wasn't there. Actually, I, I did buy the the, uh, the the DVD set of the conference, but. Uh, and some of the guys I actually know, but um, well, give us give us a sense of their thinking. I mean, well, what what, what, what do they believe? And I I, I just cringe every, every time I use that word. They'll, they'll use Bud Hopkins stuff or David Jacobs stuff, but they're taking it from a different angle and kind of picking it out, saying, you know, if it, well, if it was this, then then why is you know, they're, they're actually thinking on it? And I'm not sure what else to say, but it wasn't. It wasn't the usual path that we get at our conferences, by and large. You know, give us a sense of what they think it is. I mean, I'm trying to. I'm trying yeah, to. I mean, they fully think it's demonic. I mean, you know, and they'll pull up chapter and verse to, to back it up, by and large. And again, I mean, this is the the 
Missler says, you know, the Bible is a is a book is an extraterrestrial book. It's it's given to us outside of space time because it's telling us stuff in the future specifically, you know, and it's you know you can look back on some of the stuff or, or all of that stuff and say, all right, well that that that, you know, that happened, that happened, that happened. You know, this guy's you know this a certain guy by a certain name was supposed to do this, that, and the other, and he does this, that, and the other, and there's no way that there could be any corroboration between you know the the times that this stuff is written. So the, these guys again, they're pulling from their their worldview, but the worldview is an alien. So for a guy like me, anything that isn't aliens is is you know better than what we're dealing with in the UFO community because everything is aliens. Yeah. What do you have a problem with in terms of aliens? I mean, now we see more and more possible evidence of habitable planets. Yeah, we just around discovered the galaxy. The I mean, we just planet. had Kepler telescope just came up with enough information to add eight possible Goldilocks M-type habitable worlds in our galaxy. So why not have E.T. visit us? It's possible that life is plentiful. It's a Star Trek universe. Yeah, until you throw the Fermi, you know, the the Fermi theory into it, and then, you know, things start to thin out an awful lot, you know? It's, there's, things are... How so? Explain this. I'm not understanding this. Well, it's funny because if you get within the biblical crowd and they say, well, if aliens come, you say, well, well, who created you? You you get this kind of chasing your tail situation. Yeah, but then to get to the back point here is, what if we were created as part of a genetic experiment is conducted by extraterrestrials? They take the local life forms and maybe they find humanoids similar to them and they engage in genetic manipulation and they create the hybrid race that maybe David Jacobs is talking about now, but maybe we are the hybrid race that was created thousands of years ago in the Garden yeah, of Eden or whatever. What's wrong with that? Why should we worry about that? If it happened, it happened. See, see the thing is, Gene, before this that narrative came around, the biblical narrative was already saying it five thousand years ago. You know, that's the difference. It's kind of it's a concept that's been basically borrowed from that that train of thought. Okay, so therefore, what's wrong with it? Just insert aliens at this point again. Okay, but what's wrong with that concept? Uh, There's not, but again, I mean, the odds of what we're seeing is not coming from... So far, I'm not getting a straight answer. The odds of what? The odds of beings coming from another planet visiting us is pretty remote. Well, we're talking about being here for thousands of years. We're talking about the possibility that there are intelligent life forms on other planets in our universe and that appears to be very likely no, so what we're talking well, no, what we're talking gene is conjecture we have no proof it's of any sure of but stuff. you know what we have no proof of aliens but at this point we have just books to prove the events in the bible we have a book and we have other people who wrote other books granted so, but but that book has been his, found historically genealogic genea, you know, genealogically you know you know, again, I, I, I have a problem with that. The Bible was written by at least 60 different individuals, uh, just based on writing style, uh, the, 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 the depth and quality of revisions that have been made. Um, it, it's, to me, the Bible is a very effective uh, control mechanism uh, to colonize uh, people's uh, you know, souls or their spirits and control them. Let's uh, do this. Let's break it here and let's get into that discussion. David, you'll have your chance to give an answer in a moment. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. 
not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Did you know by age 50, half of all men have an enlarged prostate? This means more urges to urinate, longer bathroom trips, waking at night to urinate, or issues with sex. If this sounds familiar, call us now, because we're shipping free bottles of Super Beta Prostate to listeners of this station. Super Beta Prostate is a non-prescription formula guaranteed to reduce the symptoms of your enlarged prostate. It's yours free. Pay only shipping and handling. Just call 1-800-875-6415. In clinical trials, the ingredient in SuperBeta Prostate was shown to reduce urges to urinate, improve bladder emptying, reduce waking at night to urinate, and improve quality of life. This SuperBeta Prostate-free offer is for listeners of this station. But it won't last. Don't wait. Just call 1-800-875-6415. That's 1-800-875-6415. Call 1-800-875-6415. Yeah? Did you want to see me, sir? Well, I did, but now that I do, I'm not so sure. Sir? Johnson, I got a mission for you that could change your life. Oh, good, sir. It involves traveling halfway around the world without so much as half a clue of where you're going and what you're going to do when you get there. Situation normal, sir? Uh-huh. Well, I'll be leading this mission, Johnson, so I'll be telling you what to do. You, sir? That's right, Johnson, and I say first things first. Oh, good plan, sir. And what I say is first is food. Always remember that, Johnson. Food is a big deal. Sir, my brother-in-law can give us a really good deal on some surplus MREs. Johnson, if you've got half a brain and that empty head of yours, you'll Call the freeze-dry guy like I did. That food is better for you, it rehydrates faster, and it's good, Johnson. And it keeps for up to 30 years. Will we be gone that long, sir? Well, I hope not. Now get your supplies organized and meet me down to the pier at dawn on Sunday. We sail at sunrise. Yes, sir. This adventure is brought to you by the freeze-dry guy. Call 866-404-3663 or visit freezedryguy.com. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturing. If you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100.
600-foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. Okay, we're talking about biblical scholarship, I guess, interpretations of the Bible, and whether it's possible we were seated by E.T. David Stennett, I realize you don't even want to consider that possibility seriously, right? Gene, you got to realize I came out of that possibility. You know, that's what I believe for, you know, a good, good stretch. Sure, but why assume that the biblical explanation is any better? For me, and this is, I guess it's a personal thing, but it, it's a better fit. I mean, it, it's, it sounds like that's faith. It's but, a better fit is not evidence. It's, but, I believe it or it sounds again, good. Again, you have, to, you have to really understand those texts. I mean, you have to understand what they're saying. I mean, yeah, it can be used, I'm sure, every any kind of a text can be used to control a population if it's got the right stuff in it, but if you read these, if you read the texts, the, the texts aren't, you know, the funny thing is, is that they're warning us the whole time to watch out for these people and these people and this, you know, watch out for the people with the colorful robes and the funny hats or whatever. You know, they're, 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 they're saying, you know, but nobody's like really paying attention to it. You know, they're using it for the control. But if you're actually understand, reading and understanding and understand the narrative from beginning, you know, because from the. From the yeah, beginning. But wait a minute. How do we know the narrative is real? We don't have any any real concrete proof. Sure, we have, you know, some circumstantial evidence that indicates, like, like no, Nostradamus. We have historians and theologians. I mean, we have. I mean, it's the most. You know, it sounds to me like we're manufacturing evidence to fit a particular worldview. We're looking at something that was written by people a couple of thousands of years ago. We're trying to apply it to our daily lives. And it may or may not apply. And certainly there are nice things in the Bible. I've read portions of the Bible. I think we all have. And there are things in there which are right. You know, you want to be nice to other people. You don't want to kill people. You know, all this stuff, the Ten Commandments, I can dig that. You know, that's fine. But you can't prove, really, what the source of this was other than a bunch of people saying things that were edited, revised, written hundreds of years after the original events. And you know and I know that if you take two reporters, skilled reporters, to cover an event now, you will get two totally different versions of the story. So now we're looking at 2,000 years ago, a primitive society, maybe strange things happened that they are trying to interpret, then they're reinterpreted, then hundreds of years later, a bunch of people get together and say, let's do it this way, let's do it that way, and why should the Christian Bible be any better than the Koran or any other religious text? That's yeah. Again, that's where the digging in kind of comes into, because you, you realize that most of that argument isn't true, it's been, most of it's been refuted. I mean, it's, been, it's the most attacked... Well, okay, refuted. Let's let, you know, all you're doing is speaking in generalities. Let's refute it. Are you saying then the Christian Bible is accurate, but the other religious texts for other religions are not? It's not a us-against-them thing. It's the text itself. Say, for instance, if you take the first ten matriarchs of the, of the Old Testament and you translate what their name is, what their names mean, and you do it in order, it gives you, it gives you the, 
exact description of what the New Testament's going to be. I, I don't look at it, and I look at it as more of a historical, statistical document. Okay, so you're saying here that everything that's in the Bible as we know it I'm saying, accurately I'm describes, saying, I'm sir, saying, accurately describes events that happened 2,000 years ago, whatever. Accurately. This is historical text. It's not allegorical. Even the parting of the river and all that stuff? As a historical book, it's, it's probably one of the hands-down best historical books that we have. The historicity of it's, it's been proven, period. Okay, there was an Adam, there was an Eve. Noah was involved in the ship with all those animals. You know, well, uh, I mean, now we're getting to the theological end of it. I mean, but Okay, it, but you say it, the book it, is it, accurate, it, so it, let's wait a minute. be specific. DNA studies already showed us that we all came from one woman, so you know, that kind of meets up with that narrative. And the, Well, the, it's that no, no, no. It, it, it has a, it's 13 women, but I, I I don't want to quibble. What's that now? What's that, Chris? Well, what about what about John the Divine and the you know revelations? I mean, do you accept that as 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 an accurate de- description of events that have yet to transpire? I do, but I understand those texts. I spent a lot of time. You can't understand the back end of the book, Chris, until you understand the front end of the book. And then once you get to the back end, you, you know this is twenty years going into this again. You know there's there's things that are within that that book or or unique to that book, and that's just reality. For me, it's a it's a trustworthy historical guide that I came out of UFO uh, research into that says, all right, well, this stuff is going on then. These people have this worldview of this. Why do they have this worldview? And, well, evidently- and maybe consider that this is a primitive race compared to ours. They don't have our level of technology. They aren't even aware of whether the Earth is flat or not. You know, they don't have these understandings, and they're trying to interpret things in accordance with their understanding, and we're trying to manipulate what we see, something that has been edited, which is one of the points I bring out. This is not the pure text. There's no pure text here. If somebody set this down, and without alteration, that record has persisted for 2,000 years. That's not the case. It was edited. It was reinterpreted. It was translated. When you translate things, some of it gets lost in the translation because of differences in language and grammar and syntax. Yeah, yeah look at look at. We know that the Torahs that they have nowadays, when they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, they found the complete Book of Isaiah, and it was exactly like they have today. And there's a term that's that that's coined there now: one yacht or tittle will be changed in the law, and by and large, it hasn't. And that's why you know the differences, Gene, are subtle. It's like you know, go unto or go to. You still know that the person's going to the place. Okay, but, but what about Ezekiel's wheels? Yeah, I mean, you get the, the UFO translation of it and the four beings, but the four beings, you know, again, once you know the text, you know that the four beings that you're talking about are the name representation of the, of the four Gospels that, you know, happen down the road. It's a prophetic situation. And there's a lot of this stuff, but as I'm saying, you to get a real understanding of it, yet statistically, let's, let's just put it this yeah, way. Yeah, you have to be a biblical scholar. You really have to put the time in. Where do you come down on the Bible code, uh, folks? And and the Bible is a giant uh, computer uh, that is laid out in such a way that you can pretty much uh, find anything you want uh, based on, on on a particular inherent code within the text. Yeah, I'll talk about that now, as a matter of fact, because a lot of those old cryptologers from the NSA and all the you know the alphabet soup guys, they all came into this uh, Bible code thing basically to debunk it. And what they and this is like one of the things that they found. There's a, a genealogy in Matthew of Jesus, and he goes through all the mishmash and whatnot. But what they found was like all the nouns, all the pronouns, all the vowels, all the consonants, the names, the men and women's names. Just like 
I don't know, the conditions, like tons of these conditions, you know, it's, it's that type of stuff. How many times like the is used or whatever, you know, those things. But they realize the entire text is divisible by seven. All those things are divisible by seven. So they think, well, this book had to be written last because he didn't use any of the verbiage from the, the other, you know, the other books. So when they go to the other books and put set this up, they realize all those books, all the same conditions are all divisible by seven. And they're like, statistically, this, you know, 10 to the 50th is considered absurd. Well, this, you know, smokes that thing. So they're saying all these, there's no, no way these guys in that time could have coded this like this without the use of some sort of computer. And that's a fraction of the stuff that goes on there. I mean, there's... Well, you know what you just said? You just told me here, when you said that, without having a computer, why not think that maybe someone came here from another planet with their computer? Can we take it literally? We're taking it literally. So somebody comes here from another planet, they have a computer, they see this planet by doing genetic manipulation. You could say all that and use the same language and the same syntax just realizing it was interpreted by more primitive people. And you can come to that same conclusion, and if you believe it, fine. Now, in terms of a religion, if it meets your needs personally, I'm up for it. That's cool. It doesn't matter what that religion is. If you're not hurting anybody, if you're not committing violence in the name of anybody's religion, that's fine. That's great. I don't care what the religion is. If it works and meets your needs, that's fine. Now, when you want to interpret what those religious texts means, you'll find those interpretations are all over the place. You have your particular interpretation. There are others. There are different religions. And I don't think it's fair to say that one is more right or viable than another. Okay? But we can go on with this, and we'll continue our discussion. I think we might even have a question or two from the forums. Yeah, and again... Let me just do our break here. David Stinnett is joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. UnseenNow.com, proud sponsor of GCN. Unseen Now's unparalleled encryption tools keep your communications secure. GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. We all have our own idea about what being safe and secure means. The door's locked, bills are paid, you've got a job that keeps the lights on, and a home to call your own. But what happens when Mother Nature throws a curveball? I'm telling you, the yes, cover. cover. Are you prepared to live without electricity or passable roads for weeks at a time? Do you even have a plan B? If you do... 
Are you willing to bet your life on it? Children left with no homes. And no one's coming to help them. Help them. The first step towards self-reliance in the face of disaster is a visit to MyPatriotSupply.com. There you'll find the absolute best prices on storable foods, non-GMO seeds, emergency water filtration devices, and so much more. All orders over $49 qualify for free shipping in the lower 48 states. Call 866-229-0927. That's 866-229-0927. And speak to one of our preparedness advisors today. Or visit us at MyPatriotSupply.com. Remember, before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier. From gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. I think this is more of a religious discussion than we've gotten into on the Paracast. I am no biblical scholar. I'm just asking stupid questions. And Chris may know a little bit more than I do, which I expect he does. We have David Stinnett. But let me just bring this to a close here, because we're on our last segment. Do you believe in an end days that, you know, we're reaching a point where there's going to be an Armageddon, an overhaul in our civilization, that we're really screwing it up, that we're really making a mess of things. And if we don't really straighten it out, someone up there, wherever, is going to come down here and just fix it for us. I'm not saying that people have to buy this. All I'm saying is that people have to should be aware of it. You know, there's, there's other pickles in the jar other than the one we've been pulling out all the time. But, I mean... I think whether it's, you know, regular human communities or the UFO community or whatever, everybody seems to have a feeling something's going to pop. You know, it's, it's you, you can't have a, you know, $16 trillion deficit and have things be bright and rosy. Things just don't work like that in the real world. So something's got to pop before too long. How it manifests itself is going to be interesting. 
Well, it's going to get a lot more interesting before it gets any more dull. All I can say is, uh, you know, we're we're dealing with, you know, a com- almost a complete gl- global control over the. It's just it's it's getting really scary with the corporatocracy, uh, the plutocracy, the verging on fascism that that seems to be running rampant through the western uh, end of the equation. And I've been saying this for. 30 years that uh, however many billion Chinese are probably going to be right. And uh, everybody else is just going to have to be accepting of that. But uh, in terms of some sort of apocalyptic uh, scenario, I think it's much more likely that uh, we'll be hit by an asteroid or a coronal mass ejection or some sort of uh, possible plate uh, uh, tectonic uh, events that may be domino uh, out of control. I think the natural events are as likely as any sort of cataclysmic um, human-derived catastrophes. Uh, You know, money is money, debt is debt. When, you know, chains of volcanoes start popping off or when we get hit fried by the sun or hit by a huge uh, body, you know, hurtling through space at, you know, 55, uh, how many feet per second or how many miles, rather, per second, then, you know, (laughs) that's that's catastrophic. So do you have a sense that this is coming, uh, that's... It's pending. It's something that we really have to be concerned with in our lifetime. Or do you think we? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we know mankind. I mean, mankind. If we, you know, given a perfect situation, we'll screw it up every single time. It's just kind of how we work. So it's, uh, you know, it's hard to say how it's going to play out. But you know, I think we all have a feeling that something's going to, something's going to change. It's going to be interesting to see see what that change exactly is going to be, you know, and, and how how frosted we're going to be about whatever change is going to be imposed on us. Well, a lot of indigenous cultures uh, kind of hint around at that, especially uh, several here in, in North America. They've been saying uh, for a number of years now that uh, that we are headed into the final period of this particular world, uh, you know, this, this time around here, uh, and that it's not going to be pretty in terms of the cleansing that's going to happen between now and, and the in the Pueblo tradition here, the Pueblo Indians, uh, they talk about the fourth world, you know, yep. ending in the fifth world beginning. Of course, a lot of people interpreted the end of the Bakhtun and the, the Mayan calendar uh, in the long count cycle as as being a portent of, of that change. And, of course, here we are uh, almost, you know, two years later, three years later, rather. Um, and, you know, everything is still screwed up. <laughs> What's it, Everybody. It, it once Once whoever they are control the fuel, the, the energy and the food, it's done, you know, and, you know, most of our 70% of our, of our, our grain stock is genetically modified. I mean, it doesn't reproduce. You got to go back to the company, you get seed. So, you know, as far as food goes, they've almost got their, I mean, people are fighting the Monsanto and you know, getting heirloom lead the seeds and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, there's things going on around us. And, you know, yeah, I agree. The demonic forces on this planet are very, <laughs> very human and, and very, uh, they wear uh, three-piece suits. Uh, in my that. estimation, you want to, you want to know. You, 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 I got your demons. Uh, I got them right here. All you have to do is go to the halls of Congress or in any boardroom, and some of these, uh, some of these corporations that are gobbling up uh, everything and everybody. Uh, that, that, that to me is scary. You know, a UFO coming down and, and uh, handing me a, a buckwheat pancake. I can <laughs> deal with that. Uh, it's strange, strange. Yeah, we don't seem enough. to get any of those type of bennies, you know, from our space brothers. You know, they don't come down, and, uh, do anything about nuclear spills or anything like that. We, yeah, they, they, 
they, they yeah, say we shouldn't the- expect them to either. I think, uh, yeah. you know, it's a case of making your, your bed and, and having to, to lie in it and, and deal with it. And that's basically what's been going on. And you're right. You know, the proliferation of GMO crops that are spreading around, uh, you know, Fukushima, we haven't even talked about that. The Pacific Ocean is dying. Uh, the amount of uh, plastic that's floating around in our oceans, uh, the, the cattle herds devastating the environment, uh, contributing to the single biggest cause why the rainforests are being cut down. I could go on and on and on. All this stuff has got to come to a head at some point. Well, and if there's any sort of demonic that, force, yeah. it's corporate in nature. We've hardly heard anything out of Fukushima, Chris. It's like, uh, it's, I know. Like the, it's like the media on it's shut down. You'll get some people, and I'm just like, I'm not seeing it in my headlines, you know, and I have some pretty extensive feeds going coming in from all over the place, and I'm just you know you'll get kind of little drips and drabs from Fukushima or maybe even from the west coast of California, but yep, you're, yep. it's like the the media coverage on that has just been shut down. So yep. even even if we think our social media can get through on this stuff, it doesn't seem to be getting through on this stuff. So not on not on Fukushima. They've just came out with a uh, study that's estimating uh, upwards of eighty five to ninety percent of mussels and oysters are 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 dying off. Uh, and, and new, you know, new oysters and new new mussels. Uh, instead of you know having a, a one in a one in two chance of surviving, now ninety uh, percent of them are dying off uh, before they they reach maturity. So I mean that that in and of itself is a huge huge problem. And I'm actually, uh, like I, I'm actually working up a lecture right now. It's called uh, UFOs and radiation, but it's uh, it's basically taking cases and you know questioning what's going on here because. But even this, you get like the space brothery types, and they'll be like, they they said that they're not going to let us, you know, uh, use any nuclear bombs this that, or the other. And I was like, yeah, but that was like in 1976, and since then, I mean, we've lit off a total of like something like two two thousand and fifty nuclear bombs in a closed biosphere, which is retarded. But India and Pakistan both lit off theirs, and I don't remember seeing the space brothers coming and stopping any of that stuff. You know, so mm-hmm. we, we start we again. There, there, there's where the critical thinking comes in because you know. We're getting fed a line from this stuff, and we're seeing that the what they're feeding us is, by and large, not very true. So, yeah, well, I, I don't think anybody who takes a reasonable approach to the UFO field, whatever final theories they have, believes that ET, the Space Brothers, or whatever, will come here to help us rather than to harm us. That's not going to happen. David, tell our listeners if they want more information about what you do, where they can get in touch with you. If you want to get in touch with me, you can uh, go to my website. It's www.njufoc.com. You can catch up on uh, what our late, latest uh, conferences, who's speaking at our latest conferences. If you hit the info button, you can get directly in touch with me. And uh, if you go to my YouTube channel, UFO Junkie David, you can see some of the Western Pennsylvania night vision captures and some of the stuff here in Central Jersey I captured and uh, some of the interviews. That I did with Travis Walton and Steve Pierce at the actual site of his his abduction. You can find us on Twitter, by the way. We're known as the Paracast. Look for the Paracast on Twitter. On Facebook, there are two official Paracast fan clubs. You can't make them one without killing the other. So we don't want to commit suicide to our channel over there on Facebook. So we leave them both alone. We also have that new service called the Paracast Plus, go to plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. We offer the ad-free, higher-resolution version of the Paracast every week. Our new 
podcast called After the Paracast with cutting-edge commentary, off-the-wall comments, and lots of wisdom from our friend Chris O'Brien. Of course, you can check out our forums at forum.theparacast.com, forum.theparacast.com. Chris O'Brien's site is called OurStrangePlanet.com, OurStrangePlanet.com. He is meaning to update it with some new information very soon now, but you can also buy copies of his books, including the latest, Stalking the Herd. If you buy the print version of Stalking the Herd, he will sign it, he will number it. They're all not numbered number one. You know, he's going to be fair about this. I think the numbers start at 10,000, so you get like 10,012 or something like that. I don't know. But seriously, he has a great site and great books. David Stinnett, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you for having me. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.